You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode five. Get all the awareness that was coming out during the time period when we made this switch to less processed food was the fact that this was like a lifestyle that was enjoyable um, and meant to be enjoyable. And it wasn't like some diet that was about restricting, you know, instead it was really about eating food. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. A nutritionist by trade, Alexa has rebelled against common misconceptions about nutrition and has created a realistic health style that will allow you to live a healthy, satisfied, and more simplistic life. It's raw, it's real, it's unfiltered. It's Simple Roots Radio. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Hello and welcome. I just want to remind you as always that this podcast is dedicated to simplifying your health journey. While the topic of nutrition is always central to our discussion, we also dig into personal development, living a purpose-driven life, simplification, and making real and honest changes that can be sustained for life. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. We have the privilege of sitting down and chatting with Kristen Marr. Kristen is the founder, owner, and author at livesimply.me. She's a professional food photographer and stay-at-home mom to two children, Piper and London. Kristen and her husband, Dustin, have been blogging since 2013 at Live Simply, where they share real food recipes and natural living inspiration. Her passion lies in helping you live an all-natural and simplistic life. Today, Kristen and I will be talking about all things realistic, how one working mom of two manages to live a healthy life and on a budget, something she is so passionate with sharing the world. I'll be asking Kristen about why her and her family originally changed their health views and went from more of the typical traditional American diet to adopting this real food lifestyle, why Kristen and her family gave up veganism, how she made this a lifelong plan, her favorite homemade cosmetics to make, and what the three most important health strategies she thinks everyone should be doing. It's going to be a fun one and jam-packed with realistic information on how one family took information and used it to greatly transform their life for good and how this working mom of two gets it all done. So let's get started. Welcome to the podcast, Kristen. I'm so excited you're here. So welcome. Yeah. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, I, um, you know, have been an avid follower of your blog and and what you're doing. And one of the things is Kristen's health journey started with a simple health challenge by her husband, Dustin. Kristen, can you give us a little backstory on your previous ways and what that challenge was from your husband? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It took my husband to get me to actually eating healthy, (laughs) which is kind of a crazy story. But we both grew up in the 80s and the 90s. And as you know, of that time period, it's really known for processed food and convenience. So our moms really did a great job at feeding us, but there really wasn't a lot of food awareness back then. So, I mean, you know, like homemade food was like opening up like a can of biscuits, (laughs) you know, and like putting like a pot roast in the crock pot, which I'm all for pot roast in the crock pot. But, you know, that was like a typical meal for us or like a TV dinner if it was, you know, a busy night. So they really did their best. We love our moms and we're very grateful for our upbringing. But they did their best with what they knew at the time and what was being offered, you know, in the stores um, and all that marketing that was happening for a healthy family and eat margarine and low fat milk, you know, milk products, all of that stuff that was so popular. You know, don't eat eggs. You know, they're bad for you. Um, Well. Well, finally, like three years into our marriage, we were just coming out of college. So we actually had, you know, some funds to be able to actually buy food for the first time in our lives. (laughs) Not just ramen noodles and frozen pizza from college. Like those 25 cent burritos. And I was like, what is in those burritos? But we finally started, you know, thinking about food. And that was around 2008 at that point. And during that time period, Food Inc. had come out. Um, So there was a lot of food awareness starting to happen for the first time in a very long time. And so we watched Food Inc. I remember going to Blockbuster back when you could go to oh, yeah. you know, a Blockbuster store, which doesn't seem and too long ago. rent a movie, yeah. Exactly. And uh, we rented Food Inc. and we watched it. We watched it several times, in fact. I was so excited about it. And finally, like months and months after watching this, we would tell everybody, you got to watch this, you know, documentary. It's so great. And, and I'll, I'll eat healthy, you know, we'd say. Finally, one night, Dustin called me out on it. And he said, look, 
you are basically a hypocrite here. You know, like what we're eating for dinner is not healthy. It's like this processed, you know, open a bag from the freezer and dump it in and make a dinner. He's like, I dare you to shop from just the produce section of the store for an entire week. I'm really competitive by nature. So I'm like, oh yeah, I got this. I can do it. Well, (laughs) that was a real struggle that week. I mean, going from, you know, bags and boxes to just having the produce section. And it wasn't easy. And like a lot of what I made did not taste good because I did not know how to cook at the time. Um, But we survived amazingly. And we also felt really great despite how bad some of the food tasted, not because of the food itself, but just because of my cooking ability at the time. Right. (laughs) Um, But we felt really awesome. And that kind of spiraled into the idea of, wow, if we could do this for a week, I bet we could figure out how to make this a sustainable lifestyle, Mm. Um, obviously expanding to not just the, you know, beyond the produce department. Um, so at that point, we decided to um, venture into veganism because um, a lot of the information out there at the time was about how bad, you know, dairy and meat and all of that is. And there really were many people. In fact, I don't know anybody at the time who was talking about like, oh, pasture raised or right. you know, grass fed. Um, it was just like a black or white at the time. So we really felt like, oh, anything from an animal must be really, really bad and there aren't any better alternatives. So we ventured into veganism, which years down the road um, – we ended up switching to more of a real food lifestyle, we call it now, with dairy and meats and all of that. Do you have any tips you remember being helpful in waiting through your new life? Like when you didn't want your husband to know how hard it really was, was there anything that helped you along that journey? Uh, for us, it was approaching real food um, as a lifestyle instead of a diet. Mm. That was really helpful. Right. Um, I had always been you know, very concerned about food and... Um, which is interesting for me to think back like to my teenage years. And I never struggled with like weight or anything like that, but I was always very concerned about those kind of things. Right. And, um, you know, like body image and all of that. Um, so I always had like this food sense to me. So I would like, oh, I'm going to do this diet, even as like a 16 year old, which I think is really scary that I even was thinking like that. Right. <laughs> um, but like, you know, a diet, the thing is, is like one day you're like, oh, I'm going to eat this way. But then the next day it's like, oh, I'm going to cheat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not really sustainable over the long term. So the thing that really appealed to us and with real food, um, with like Food Inc. and all the awareness that was coming out during the time period when we made this switch to less processed food was the fact that this was like a lifestyle that was enjoyable um, and meant to be enjoyable. And it wasn't like some diet that was about restricting, you know, instead right. it was really about eating food because Mm -hmm. of what we were eating was not food. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was like processed products that were supposed to look like food, but really weren't doing anything for our body. So approaching it from that lifestyle perspective of every day, I'm going to make small steps toward eating better or, you know, eating real food was really, really helpful. The other thing was like, you know, remaking classics. So in the beginning, was uh, instead of just like having kale salad every night, right. <laughs> which I think is what our family thought we were about to do, but was really like determining like, okay, we both love food. Like we both loved potato chips. Like uh-huh. we could just eat like, you know, right. Pringles or whatever. I don't even know if they're yeah. potato chips, but any kind of right. chip, you know? We'll, we'll and call so it, it was that, like, yeah. instead of just cutting that cold turkey, it was finding the better alternatives. First, the better store-bought alternatives, then discovering that you could like make chips at mm. home. It was like, wow. Okay, so this isn't about like restricting. It's really about finding food that actually is food and Mm -hmm. actually tastes better than the processed junk. (laughs) Right. Um, So approaching it from those two perspectives was really, really helpful because the problem with the diet is like, oh, you can't do this. Like no potato chips at all. You know, but instead we weren't saying that. We were just like, hey, we're going to find like better alternatives to what we really love because I know there's actually a way to make this real and wholesome Mm -hmm. and nourishing for our bodies in a sense. So that that was really, really helpful. And it made food enjoyable. It became like this adventure of like, how can we prepare food and cook food? Yeah, it was, it was uh, an encouraging path to take because it didn't feel restrictive in any way. Right. It's like the challenge then of how can I get my body to be healthier, but still eat food that's enjoyable? I love that approach because I'm so much quality matters more than quantity. And yet we're mm. just such a quantity focused society, you know, like numbers, 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 and Absolutely. restrictions. Absolutely. But really, it comes down to quality and, and really looking at your life now. I mean, 
your family seems to enjoy the real food aspect so much. And it really probably has to do with the fact that you just made this a lifestyle. It's not just a quick fix or something you just jumped on board with, but it's really something you want to sustain for the rest of your life. And and you have done a fantastic job um, of showcasing that. So thank you. Yeah, thanks. It's definitely, you know, it is our lifestyle. So it's easy to talk about and to write about on the blog or social media or whatever, because it's just, yeah, it's really enjoyable, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, when we go places and people are like, oh, you don't, you don't want to eat this. And, you know, and it's always like, no, I'm not trying to be like, are, are, are you trying to be right. good, especially around the holidays? You know, are you trying to be good? That's what they always say. Right. <laughs> I'm always like, no, 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 I'm not on a diet or anything. I just, I, I have no appetite in all honesty for, for that particular, you know, right. um, quote unquote food, just because I've seen like the better side, so to speak. You right. know, like, I'm like, I know what that's supposed to taste like. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I know how good food can taste. You know, it's really amazing just how vibrant and delicious mm. food can be when you get away from like the processed stuff that sits on a shelf for three years and you right. start eating, you know, better products, you know, that are made by companies who are really investing in, you know, better food, but also then like switching to some homemade food. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. wow, this really tastes so good. I can't believe I actually thought the other stuff taste it good. I know. It's like we become immune to actual flavor and, and taste. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I feel like it's so true. You know, when you switch over your diet to something else, it's something that's maybe a little bit different than everyone. It's like we get that scarlet letter of food snob. <laughs> it's like stamped across our back now. Yes. But it, it really is just a case of knowing and understanding your body and, and knowing how good you feel when you eat real food. It really is hard absolutely. to go back to being like, yeah, I mean, I could, but I just might not feel as good? Like, is it worth it? So weighing those odds and kind of going along with how you feel and kind of using food as medicine in a a way. Mm -hmm. You talk about your son Piper's story on the blog and the health journey you went on with him. Can you tell us more about that time in your life and what you learned through that journey? Yeah, definitely. This is the time period when we really made that shift from veganism, which we first, Mm -hmm. um, you know, adopted in the beginning when we started to become more conscious about the food we were eating to what we now call like a real food lifestyle, which includes animal products. In 2008, when we started, you know, thinking more health conscious um, and we became vegan, I became pregnant, you know, a little while after that because my son was born in 2010. So I had been vegan for a little while, dabbling in very much not just the vegan side, but also low fat because I still had that mentality from the 90s, the 80s and 90s were like fat is bad, you know. Right. It's a hard Um, one to give up. Absolutely. And it's very much been a journey for us. So, I mean, it didn't like switch overnight to the way we currently eat, but it was really like having to transform some of those ideas that I grew up with about food, which were some of them were pretty messed up ideas just from like advertising and, you know, about what's good and what's bad. So I adopted not only the veganism, but also a very low fat diet. Well, I went through a pregnancy like this and I worked during that time full time outside the home. I was a teacher. Um, so really long hours, not a lot of sleep. So between that and our diet, um, my doctor at the time was really unhappy with all the blood work that was coming back. Mm. And I'm thinking, okay, this is crazy. Like I, (laughs) I eat so well, you know, I mean like, why are my numbers so bad? And so when my son was born, we, you know, we were going to feed him this uh, vegan diet. I nursed him through all of this. And I think my body was just becoming very depleted at that Mm. point of nutrients. And so um, during that time period, I started craving meat, which I thought, no, this cannot be. So I was kind of like suppressing this, you know, craving. I remember like one, eight, like driving by like a five guys um, on my way home and thinking, I just need to stop there. I wonder if anybody will see me if I go in there. Um, But I very much suppressed that until my son was um, around two. And of course, we were first time parents. So we didn't really know like the progression of development or anything. I worked with, you know, first graders. So like a, you know, baby two year old, I didn't really know um, what to expect. But all of his little friends like at Playdate started to talk during that time period. And my son, it was not saying anything. It was just mm. very much ba 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 ba. The same, right. like what you would expect from like a six month old. So finally, 
finally I decided, okay, I'm going to go in and talk to the doctor about this. And the pediatrician referred us for um, testing for speech and hearing. And we also went to a friend who was into craniosacral therapy. He uh, recommended, he said, you need to go to a nutritionist. You know, I really recommend going to a nutritionist. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that's crazy. You have no idea how good we eat. You know, I don't need a nutritionist. My kids over there eating like mango slices and all this fruit and all these veggies, right? So when we went to the nutritionist and we, during this time, we were also doing speech and hearing testing. Um, The nutritionist finally said like, she said, look, she said, your child needs fat in order to develop. His brain needs fat. She said, I want you to go home. She said, I want you to, um, I want you to buy some good butter. I want you to start sourcing some good whole milk. And I want you to start giving this to him. So uh, we did that. And at that point, we've um, started to research good quality raw milk in our area. Um, Because I knew if I was going to go towards animal products, I wanted it. It couldn't be conventional meat and dairy and all of that. I really wanted to source better products that were from animals that were healthy. And during that time period, thankfully, there was more awareness as to that subject as to oppose just Mm -hmm. a few years ago in 2008, when there wasn't a lot of people talking about that. Um, So we started to, we bought like a quarter of a grass-fed cow from a local farmer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I remember how scared I was to Right. Up. <laughs> um, and we started buying like Kerrygold butter and um, right. just some really good products that I could feel good about. And we started slowly incorporating these into our diet. And within about six months, we were working with a speech therapist at the time too. And he was diagnosed with something called apraxia, which is like a disconnect between the brain and the mouth. And we were giving a diagnosis of he could not talk until maybe he's like eight or nine. Oh, wow. I mean, something, it was like, wow, this is, this is going to be a really hard road. Right. Um, And we just, both of us couldn't believe it, the speech therapist and myself. And within about six months, all of a sudden he started blossoming and talking. He's now currently in speech therapy just for the, because he, you know, lost almost like three years. Right. The the initial, um, but he's, you know, he tells stories and he talks to people now and it's, and he's five and a half, almost six, in fact, um, in a month, but he, um, it's pretty amazing to see the impact that fat can have on a child's development as far as their brain. Um, so at this point, that you know journey transitioned our family into eating better meat and dairy products. It was pretty amazing. That was kind of the moment where I saw like the impact that food can have on mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. on our health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've been on quite the food journey. I mean, but really. <laughs> I have. It- you know, as you look back, you can't count any of it as loss because, no. you know, those times as veganism, like you really learned to eat all those good hearty vegetables. And I then, did. you know, like, would you have gone into this just eating really, really clean animal products had you not been vegan? And so, yeah, I mean. Exactly. It's yeah. all been, I'm so thankful for every step of our journey. And, you know, and we were just doing the best we we could do and knew of at each right. you know, step of the journey. Um, so it's not like I ever look back and think, oh, I can't believe I did that, you know. But at the same time, it's it's really, like you said, it's really encouraging to see how each step of our journey has brought us to where we are today. Exactly. Um, because, you know, I learned to cook some and we still, it, we don't eat meat like every single day. You know, we still right. eat very much like a plant-based diet, you know, mostly plants with some animal products in there. But learning how to cook, like, okay, what do I do with Swiss chard? What right. Do I do? <laughs> yeah, I would never, if we had just automatically transitioned, I think, over to just this, the same way we were eating, but with maybe animal products, I don't think I ever would have learned um, mm-hmm. how to cook with vegetables or beans or some things that I had right. learned during that time period. So yeah, I'm very grateful for every step of the journey. And it's just been really incredible to watch how food has really transformed our life and to yeah. see that that journey of healing and to see how our bodies really know what they need during mm-hmm. each you know phase of our life nutrition is so confusing you know it's mm-hmm. it's overwhelming and there's so many different paths that you could choose to take and it's kind of knowing what's right for you and i think it's cool to see your journey and, and how you came out and now you just adapt this real food lifestyle and just knowing that there's not a right or wrong necessarily for anyone mm-hmm. but i will say that you're so accurate when it comes to cooking vegetables because i feel like if you're going to cook a vegetable based diet or a plant based diet you really have to know flavor and it really mm-hmm. makes you get into that because you know of all the foods probably those are some of our hardest to work with or hardest to get people to actually enjoy. So when we talk about 
raising healthy eaters and your journey went on with Piper. What do you think that parents can be doing? I know there's a lot of confusion and how we should raise healthy eaters. What's something that works well for your family and getting your kids to eat healthy? For us, it's been making real food appealing. So instead of just like, here's a salad, which I'm all for salads, but it's like making, um, especially since Piper goes to school, Uh he's exposed to all sorts of things that kids bring in their lunch boxes. Like all of a sudden there's um, all sorts of, you know, foods that he's never been exposed to, um, which I know he's going to be. And it's not like we live in a bubble. So even as he gets older, you know, he's going to find out about like soda, but it's like, it's for us, it's been making the real food appealing. So finding fun ways to put zucchini in recipes. So like we have a zucchini muffins that he loves, you know, he's not a big fan of like just sauteed zucchini or whatever, Mm -hmm. but that's okay. So making sure that we find ways that are appealing to eat various foods and fun because I mean, I'm not the kind of person that's going to be putting like avocados and brownies. If you like doing that, I'm all for it. But I just don't have the time to be like coming up with stuff like that. But at the same time, I want food to be fun in a way that like it's not just like, oh, here's a plate of vegetables. But like, look what we can do with these vegetables. Look what we can make. So in getting him involved with that has, um, and my daughter who is almost four now too, um, she's at the age where she can get involved. So we have like kid knives that actually like cut, but they won't cut children, but they love to be able to like cut the vegetables for like for a salad, right? If we're Mm -hmm. eating a salad that night or to be able to like roll out pizza dough, that's like their favorite thing on a Friday night. And it's really neat for me to, to watch them, um, as they, you know, process this whole real food thing, because to them, pizza isn't like, oh, ordering it from Domino's, right. Or something like, uh, like it was when I was a kid to them. Like when we talk about pizza, they're like, oh, can we make some? And it's just interesting to see that mind, you know, the mindset that like we make this or it's just different than what I grew up with where it was like, oh, you want something? Go buy the packaged cookies at the store. It's not like they never are exposed to that. I mean, we go out for pizza and that kind of thing, but they just have a different mindset as to, Mm -hmm. I think, what real food is and where it comes from, which I love. And Mm -hmm. I hope that continues with them. So to them, I think they've just you know, have adopted this idea that this is just what we do and it tastes amazing and we right. love it and we can help. And um, we also like together brainstorm meals. So I have a list of um, 20 favorite meals that I rotate throughout my meal plans and the kids helped brainstorm those meals. It's pretty amazing too when our kids are out to see that, yes, hey, they're going to go for like the cake or the candy right at the birthday party, but they're, they generally don't finish it, which is really interesting to me. It's like they know, they automatically know like when they're full and when to stop Mm -hmm. or when they've had like too much of something. It's like this natural, um, you know, it's like their body naturally it knows when, when they're done, which I think is very much uh, thanks to the real food aspect. And you're, you're pretty big in meal planning. Do you have a system that you use to meal plan or something that works well for your family? I do. So we, like I mentioned, we have a list of around 20 meals that I rotate throughout my meal plan. And so these are meals that we've brainstormed together in the beginning, which started out much shorter, like maybe seven or eight meals that we loved. And they don't have to be like fancy recipes. One of the meals is hamburgers. <laughs> like I I'm, I love hamburgers, yeah. right? They're like my go-to right. on processed food days and they weren't like they were from, you know, <laughs> right. not such great places. Um, but nowadays, I love a good burger. So that's one of the meals. So those 20 meals make up and over time as I've like tried recipes online or in cookbooks, I've added to that list. So right now we have around 20 meals that rotate throughout our meal plan. So on the weekend, I'll sit down and I will plan breakfast and dinner. I don't plan lunch just because my son pretty much eats the same thing every mm-hmm. day at school. He likes consistency, which I love because it makes packing right. lunch so much easier. Then you don't have to think about it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not complaining about that at all. Right. And um, and for lunch, we generally do, you know, Dustin and I do a lot of leftovers in London as well. So I don't plan lunch, but breakfast and dinner are planned. And I really use those 20 meals to kind of rotate throughout our meal plan. And then add in, like if I find a meal on Pinterest or on a new cookbook or a magazine, I'll add in one of those meals every week or two, just for variety on a night when I know or morning that I know I'm going to have more time to be able to prepare a meal that I'm not familiar with. And then on a separate day, generally on Sunday, I go shopping and that's when I'll do some prep time in there 
But that's pretty much my routine. And I actually had created a like a workbook style. Yeah, it's like a yeah. planner for meal planning. And we now actually sell it on the blog. It's called the Real Food Plan Challenge Workbook. But I realized there wasn't really anything out there that was like a day planner type style where I could put all of my meal plans into one book. Um, so the nice thing is now that I've been doing this for quite a while, I have actually like an entire book or two worth of meal plans where if I have a busy week and I don't have time to plan because it happens to the best of us, even right. if you written book on meal planning. <laughs> right. I mean, it happens. And I can go back and take a look at one of those meal plans and be like, oh, that's the one I'm going to use this week. And mm. I don't have to meal plan at all because I have right. this incredible resource of meal plans that I know um, I can reuse over and over again, which helps having it written down versus having it like on some scrap paper that I throw right. away every week. <laughs> and you can't find <laughs> it. You, you do yeah. all that work. So it's like you might as well save it so yeah. that you can reuse it, you know. I was a former teacher. So, you know, we right. wrote, wrote uh, lesson plans every week. You know, we'd reuse our lesson plans every year a lot of times. Um, so it's like, why are, why am I not doing this with my meal planning? Right. <laughs> um, it's the same kind of concept. And it's really, really helped. It makes it a lot easier. And I know meal planning sounds really intimidating, but it's it's um it's really my guide throughout the week. If not, I'd be standing in front of my fridge every single day thinking, what in the world am I going to make today? Right. <laughs> I'm just not that creative on my own to be able to just like pull stuff out of my fridge and just like throw it together really quickly. So having that plan helps so much, takes the frustration and the stress out of eating. Oh, good. for sure. Yeah. How long do you think it really takes you to meal prep every weekend? Uh, about an hour to two, depending. I don't do a lot of, I don't like cook meals. Um, I focus in the beginning. I was like, oh, I'm going to tackle like seven days worth of meals. Right. And I would spend all weekend. I realized like there is no way of doing that in a couple hours. <laughs> I mean, when you factor in like preparation and then actually cooking stuff and then the amount of dishes that I would have. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. <laughs> Dishes. Which people don't always talk about the amount of dishes. It's a lot, you know? So I realized that that was not something that was sustainable for me in the long run, especially with a family. And we really wanted to spend time together on the weekend. I didn't want to spend all weekend in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so for me, I focus on the food that or the ingredients that are going to help us out during the week. So I look at our schedule. I look at our meal plan. And if on a Monday night we have a meeting at school, I think, okay, what am I making on Monday night? well, that's a soup. I can chop all the vegetables right now, throw them in a bag. And all I have to do is just take them out of the fridge and just saute everything and add broth, right? right. And noodles or whatever. Um, so it's really for me looking at our schedule as well as our meal plan and determining, okay, what's going to like make the biggest impact on our week? What mm-hmm. can I prep mm-hmm. you know, now? Right. Generally, that means like looking at breakfast because I am not a morning person <laughs> as much as I try. So you know, mornings just are not something that I do very well. So I try to prep some breakfast foods, which can be as easy as like on a Sunday night, just making breakfast for dinner and doubling the pancake recipe. Mm. I mean, so a lot of times while I'm focusing on like an hour or two of prep time on the weekend, like chopping vegetables or whatever, it's going to help us the most. I'm also like thinking ahead, like what can I double throughout the week? How can I use my crock pot maybe overnight that night? Something that doesn't take place in that hour or two, but it's really going to help us for the week. And how smart just to double what you're already going to cook to use it later on. I mean, you've just created convenience. I mean, you've just created your own convenience. Absolutely. And it's just, it's about, I think real food is really about finding that. Like how can you create that convenience for yourself? You know, I always think to myself when I walk through the stores, I'll actually sometimes like go through the conventional grocery store and look at what's in the freezer section (laughs) because it's really helpful to see, okay, what are these companies like coming out with that they're freezing? If Pillsbury can freeze biscuits, I can freeze biscuits, right? You know, it's like if they're doing this, I can definitely do this. So sometimes there's inspiration and even the yucky processed food (laughs) because it's like, wow, I could do this at home. So Yeah, it's just all about making our life easier. I mean, I don't have hours and hours to spend in the kitchen every day, even though I'm doing that for, you know, recipe development and everything. As far as our personal life, I don't have that time. So it's finding those ways to make real food possible without Mm. spending hours and hours in the kitchen. Is there anything do you think you struggle with to date still from switching over your lifestyle or anything that still challenges you? Oh, our budget is definitely mm. the biggest one. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, read articles about how to make real food, like 
you know, for whatever, like $60 a week or whatever. Right. But for us, it's really like no matter how much I meal plan or how much I prep or make at home, we live in an area that doesn't have seasons. We live in Florida. So we don't have seasons, which makes it really difficult on farms in our area um, because it can be like extremely hot and kill the plants. Or we have like these extreme bugs in Florida that nobody else ever sees. So we don't have a lot of local resources, which means that like Whole Foods or natural health food stores and more of the conventional stores are starting to bring in better produce and real food products and all of that. But it makes are really hard on the budget. Mm. And um, even like for grass-fed beef, we pay double or even triple what friends um, in the Midwest are paying. So that makes it really, really difficult. So Mm. uh, the meal planning, the making stuff from scratch really does help. But I still struggle with the budget aspect of real food. (laughs) Right. I mean, there's no denying it. I mean, it is more expensive in the end worth it. Just one of those things I think everyone definitely fights with. So that's really, I mean, it's really cool to to hear that though, as well. And we definitely like, you know, try to um, eat seasonally and, you know, we, we do a lot of that, but absolutely, like you said, it's just it there, you pay generally a higher price for better food a lot of times, you know, Um, which in the end I think is compensated because we're not as sick as, as, much as we used to be. We don't have these like huge doctor bills like we used to in the past. You know, I used to deal with like constant migraines and all sorts of things when we were on processed food. Um, So it definitely balances it all out. And it's definitely a priority. We've cut back in other areas in our budget, like entertainment or going Mm -hmm. out to eat, those kind of things in order to compensate for bringing in better food into our house. But Absolutely. It's still one of those things of uh, budgeting, I think, will always be something I struggle with. And so, yeah, for me, it's like one of those things where I'm just like, uh, we'll just throw away that receipt because I don't want to keep right. looking at it. Like, we just <laughs> exactly. won't talk about that one. But yeah, no. Exactly. So, I mean, on your blog, you have such beautiful photography. And one of the things I can't not talk about is your natural cleaners and do-it-yourself beauty products. I just am so fascinated by that. One, because I know how toxic those things can be and how big of an impact they really are having on our bodies. But two, it just seems so out of the box to make that stuff. How did you get into the natural products and the natural cleaners and and the recipe development of that? (laughs) You know, I think one of the biggest issues with our overly processed society is that we, we forget how to get back to the basics, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we, um, you know, companies make it sound so complicated, like on commercials, like, oh, you need this product, which is going to do this, you know, which has this like super long list of ingredients. And, you know, you hear that over and over again. So you get in this mentality of like, wow, that must be really hard to make. You must need like some kind of like degree in order to make that product, right? (laughs) But just returning back to like the, the good old, you know, ingredients that our great grandmothers made has been really enlightening for me. Like, wow, I can make these things at home. So it's been just kind of like this uh, domino effect where I start making one thing. Like I uh, started making foundation powder just because yes. in all honesty, I don't know why it, I chose foundation powder. It was just like, hmm, I think I'm going to try, you know, giving my uh, makeup a makeover. And um, so I started with that and I realized how easy it was. And then I just started dabbling in other products as they went. But it all came back to when we made the switch to real food. And all of a sudden we had this new baby and we had to care for this little life. And we knew we wanted something different than what we had grown up with. Dustin dealt with asthma as a kid. Um, he was very sensitive to like perfumed products uh-huh. and bleach and all of that kind of stuff. So both of us knew that the way we grew up, um, there was a different way to do things with food. And um, and soon that translated into the products we were using within our home. And truthfully, I, I never, I mean, we live in the city, like, you know, we're surrounded by malls. I never set out to be like this, like hippie kind of right. <laughs> person. Um, still, I don't think our friends would characterize us as that, but there was this awareness that came about all of a sudden with a simple change in food. It was like, hmm, I wonder the products we're using to like clean our bathroom and Mm -hmm. our mirrors and all of that. I wonder if there's issues with those products too. Um, So we really started examining those. And when I couldn't read the labels or when there weren't even labels to be read, right? Because 
there's really no regulation of cleaning products these days because they don't get put on your body or consumed. So when I started realizing that, I was like, wow, this is kind of scary. And do I really want these products around my child who is crawling on the floor that I'm washing the floor with this cleaner? Um, so we started to re-examine all of that. And truthfully, like I said, when we started dabbling and like, hmm, you can actually make foundation powder. And then mm-hmm. I moved on to laundry products. And it's like, wow, like what else can, what else am I using that is really easy to be making at home instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's how all this came about. So I never intended to <laughs> um, share DIY-based products on the blog. Um, it's just been very much a natural progression of our lifestyle and right. where we've come, you know. Yeah, it's so fascinating. I'm not, I'm not getting you that foundation powder, the ingredient list of that. <laughs> never would have dreamed in a million years. Right. So it's I I didn't either. And that was like tweaking and trying different products and just a lot of research and um, kind of, I really wanted to make sure that there's so many like recipes all over the internet these days, but I wanted to make sure that what I was making, it was effective and actually worked, right. but it was also, you know, wasn't just like, oh, I think I just want to throw this together. It was actually had some research to back it up. So I made sure that when I was going to make something for my family that um, I was reading and researching and figuring out, okay, so what what can actually go on my skin? What can mm. I actually use that's going to be like safe for my dishwasher? Right. <laughs> right. I mean, like, I don't want to destroy, you know. Right. Just I don't for the sake of making them. Yeah. You Absolutely. want it to be effective. That's really, Absolutely. that's really awesome to hear. What do you think, just for fun, is the easiest product to make? Mm, let's see. I think uh, a facial cleanser. Mm. <laughs> it's actually my favorite product on the blog. And it's literally just honey and aloe and then a little bit of olive oil, which I mean, aloe you can pick up at the store and right. honey. I think it's people who've already transitioned They're already in your pantry, the probably. Food. Yeah. Exactly. And then olive oil, we all have like an extra virgin olive oil. Um, so that has been the easiest. That continues to be my favorite DIY mm. on the blog. And it's a honey and aloe cleanser. And it is so easy to make. And it just, it's kind of interesting um, if you were used to like, you know, soap based product, um, mm-hmm. which we have like soap cleansers, which are great on the blog. But this is kind of different in the fact that it doesn't like suds up or anything, but it just gets your skin so clean. And I absolutely love it. And it's so easy. It's such an easy transition, I think, for people right. to make. And then after that, just any of the cleaners. I mean, cleaners are so easy to make. Um, Vinegar is great. And I mean, you just need water and a spray bottle for a lot of things. I mean, for me, since I'm living this out every day, I'm like, oh, it's just so easy. Um, but people, you know, out and about are like, really? You can make that? I'm like, I yes, know, right? Awesome? Right. <laughs> There's just still this like aha moment that happens every time that I realize you can make something. You know, right. I get excited about it every time. You and know? you're saving so much money doing I mean, real food might be more expensive, but let's be honest, homey cleaners and and beauty products are so much less expensive. Absolutely. Than what you could spend. So you're definitely saving it there. What do you think is the strangest list of ingredients when it came to making one of your products? Not saying they're strange, but like <laughs> things like I never right. even would have put that together. Like Right. I think well back to the cleanser, I think the honey, like people like you wash your face with, with honey. honey. <laughs> like what I'm using to bake with, right. right? But it honey is just amazing for the skin. And to think that something so simple that's been used by generations and generations right. in the past that we've gotten away from because, you know, companies are like, you can't do it yourself. We mm-hmm. have to give the product to you, mm-hmm. you know? And I am all for like, you know, buying stuff at the store and whatnot. But like, there's really, I mean, I'm not like anti-store, right. <laughs> anti-store bought products, but Rebel. it's really amazing when, you can like take back your health and be like, wow, I can make something at home with just honey. You know, mm-hmm. like it's really, really awesome to to have that revelation. But I think the honey it, or maybe the foundation powder with the cocoa powder. I mean, I'm just like, wait, wait, wait. So I'm going to make cupcakes right. with this, but I'm also going to put it on I'm my face. put it on my face. Yeah, it's mind boggling, but I love it. I just love it because it is, it's something you can ingest. So why absolutely. not put it on your face, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. And there's definitely like, you know, an initial call involved with um, making your own products. I mean, it wasn't cheap in the beginning to buy products, but like you said, like they, 
it's so cost effective because in the end you're reusing the Mm -hmm. same products over and over again. You know, if you've used vinegar to make this, you can also use vinegar to make a surface cleaner. You can use it to um, make a window cleaner. You know, it's just really amazing how versatile they are versus like if you buy a product at the store, yeah, maybe a little cheaper in the beginning has questionable ingredients, but that has a one, you know, one application use. You can only use it on this particular surface or in this particular way. Whereas even like the bentonite clay that you're using to make like the foundation powder can also be used to make like a face mask and right. um, it can be used in various ways. So yeah, once you get over like the initial cost of building up that supply, it really is so much cheaper and and you build this confidence. All of a sudden you're like this informed consumer. So when you go to the store and you do have to buy something like laundry soap, it's like, wait, 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 wait. Right. Like, I know laundry soap shouldn't have all of those ingredients that I can't pronounce in it. Right. <laughs> you yep. know, like you're more you're more informed. You know, you feel confident in your in your buying when you do need to buy a store bought product. So to make this personal in your life, what are the three of the biggest factors you do daily that have had the greatest impact on your health? At first is meal planning. And while mm-hmm. it's a once a week activity, it really much is a daily something daily that I'm looking at, right? And um, it's just so important because without that daily plan of every day knowing what we're going to eat, I would be completely lost. And in all honesty, we'd probably be running out and grabbing something to eat every single night right? or every single breakfast because I would just have the excuse of like, oh, I just didn't get to it. You know, there just wasn't time to do mm-hmm. this. But having that daily plan really helps us know, okay, this is what we're having for breakfast. This is what we're having to eat. Um, for dinner. And I can plan the day before and be like, okay, tomorrow night we're having black bean soup. I need to soak the beans overnight, right? So having that daily plan is just, I really think it's the biggest factor to helping us have a successful real food lifestyle. The other is making food a priority. So on top of that plan is every single day, just no matter what happens during the day, making our lifestyle a priority in our health. So um, it's it's so easy for me, like, you know, Facebook or Instagram Mm -hmm. to get like wrapped up and spending so much time over there. But I'm like, okay, no, I need to put everything down and I need to go make a really good nourishing meal for my family. And that doesn't have to be complicated. It can be a really simple meal, right? It doesn't right. have to take a long time. But making food, just having that mindset of, okay, this is a priority. And, you know, we make we make time for priorities, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we all make time for what's important to us. So every day knowing that this lifestyle is important to our family and having seen the benefits of such a lifestyle helps us, you know, realize just what a priority it should be. And then I think finally, the last thing is another mindset thing, but it's giving myself permission that I don't have to do it all. Mm. (laughs) I'm like this, like, you know, either do it all or you don't do anything kind of a person. (laughs) But I realized with this lifestyle, you can't be like that, especially living in a modern day age. So I really had to give myself permission every day that it's okay, Kristen, to not do it all. Mm -hmm. Like it is okay to go buy the cleaner mayonnaise at the store. Like you don't have to do everything. You don't have to sit there and make like the dinner 100% from scratch. And thankfully, nowadays, there are better products that are coming on the market, um, which make living a real food lifestyle or natural lifestyle so much easier easier, um, easier than it was even back in 2008 when we made this transition. So just giving myself the permission every day that, hey, you are doing the best you can, you know, wake up, feed your family a good breakfast. It's okay not to do 100% from scratch every single day, right? There are seasons for everything and that nothing has to be like lavish, Um, Mm -hmm. giving myself permission to not have like the super, you know, lavish breakfast or complicated breakfast or dinner, that it's okay to keep things really, really simple and in fact, that's a little bit more sustainable than if you're like creating these like, you know, super impressive meals right. every single day. So a lot of it's about mindset, having that mindset of mm-hmm. keeping this a priority, giving myself permission, and then finally having that like strategic plan of how we're going to eat every single day right. really, really helps. Is there one tip that you could give to us that would be like the single most important thing you think that could really change our health? Just making your health a priority. Mm. I think we all make time for our priorities and what's important to us, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I've always used the excuse of like, I don't have time for it. But when I really look at my day, <laughs> 
I do have time for things. It's just that I make some things a priority over others. Um, so I don't think, you know, real food, it takes more time. Like, I'm not going to lie. It really takes more time. It takes more conscious thinking about what you're going to eat because it's not a matter of just like, you know, going in your freezer and grabbing a box. You actually do have to think about this stuff. But making that a priority and the more you make it a priority, it becomes this habit that it becomes easier and easier as you go. Mm -hmm. So I think the first is just that mindset of, okay, I'm going to make real food a priority. Maybe that means like making breakfast for your family three times a week, right? That's Mm -hmm. my priority this week is making breakfast three, three times this week, making a really good breakfast. That could be like hard-boiled eggs and toast, right? Right, I mean, right. It doesn't have to be anything complicated. But just starting off with that mentality of like this is going to be a priority for us and slowly over time it's going to build mm-hmm. and it's um, going to become this lifestyle where slow and steady we're going to do this. But first it's just that priority of this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lastly, we're both big fans of the word simplicity. If you had to help someone start to simplify their life, what area would you start with or what has been the most freeing thing you've simplified? Definitely the food. (laughs) I mean, um, getting back to the basics, food has become so complicated today which food is not supposed to be complicated. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's supposed to like, you grow the vegetables in the ground, the, you know, there's the cow roaming the field, you know, right. there's, the chicken, there's the egg. It's not supposed to be complicated, but we have become such a society that dissects food. <laughs> you know, we're so obsessed with calories in food or the nutrients in food. And I'm all for eating nourishing food. Obviously, that's what we eat. But we've become so... Um, you know, obsessed with these buzzwords, right? Or even like, you know, there's 30 different granola bars on the store shelf that offer fiber, 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 the right. protein. You know, it's like, just go eat the raspberries. Right. <laughs> you know, it's really so simple. It's just getting back to the basics with your food. So stocking good ingredients that can be used in multiple ways in your pantry and in your fridge and in mm. your freezer. In all honesty, like this all started for us with food and realizing that we had the power to take back what we were eating and really, you know, change our health with the food that we were consuming and getting back to the simplicity of not needing 30 different granola bars, right, right, to get our fiber, but just like eating good nourishing food that comes from the ground or comes from animals that have lived a great life, right? Mm. And And there's so much freedom within that. And there's so much simplicity within that. And we don't have to worry about our calories or the nutrients we're getting because they're being supplied through this really great food automatically. Um, And then that's really transitioned down for us into then, okay, how do we simplify what we're using to clean? And even down to... um, just this past year, how do we simplify our home? Like, how do we, you know, we don't need so much consumerism. It's really interesting how starting with food and getting back to the basics of like what great, great grandma ate Mm -hmm. (laughs) has been like this domino effect of how do we simplify other areas of our life? I had no idea that when we made the decision to get back to the basics with food, that it would then affect every other area of our life for Mm -hmm. the better. Yeah, I totally agree. Like I said, you've been a wealth of knowledge. Can you tell us where we can find more about you? Absolutely. You can visit the blog, which is uh, if you just Google Live Simply, we'll be the first site to pop up and <laughs> um, come visit us over there. We have a real food crash course and even a DIY cleaning crash course mm-hmm. that people can take to get started with, you know, uh, real food and natural cleaning. I also love Instagram. So you can find me over there at Live Simply Mom and pretty much everywhere else. Um, we are Live Simply, Facebook and Twitter and uh, Pinterest. So, but pop over to the blog and there's so much information over there to help people simplify real food and natural living. Yeah, it is a fantastic site to check out. Definitely lots of great resources and articles. I know I've experimented with a few of your recipes and they're amazing as well. So, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I hope to have you back at some point. I know we could continue talking more and more and more. So yeah, thanks again for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. This is great. As Kristen mentioned, if you'd like to learn more about what she does and her beliefs, you can find her at livesimply.me. She has tons of great resources, including two free crash courses, the Real Food Crash Course and the Do-It-Yourself Natural Cleaning Crash Course on her blog. Not to mention her photography is amazing. And don't forget, Kristen has developed an amazing meal planning journal to help you stay on track, make a list of go-to meals, and have them to keep so you can pull from them anytime you want. No more excuses to why you can't meal plan. 
So I just wanted to bring up a few takeaways from the show that I thought I'd share with you because it was jam-packed with so much good information. One is clarity. Clarity equals power. So do some digging and get to know what life you want to lead. How does our body work and what does our body really need? Getting outside of traditional nutrition advice and really getting to understand the inner workings of our body. Which brings us to number two, food has the power to heal some things just like Kristen and her husband Dustin found with their son Piper. Food is an amazing medicine and it does have the power to heal in some cases. So we need to take food seriously and understand the effects that it is having on our body. And talking about that brings us to number three, which is overcoming some of the nasty toxins found in our environment. Some things can easily be made at home. In fact, so many things can easily be made at home and they work so much better like her bronzing powder and aloe honey facial cleanser. Who would have thought that honey and cocoa powder make for great cosmetics, but apparently they do. And I'm excited to try those out and I hope you will as well. And lastly, let's just talk about her mini tips on meal planning. One, this is the foundation of a healthy diet. Sure, it takes some time, but like she said, there's tons of great resources, so it doesn't have to take a ton of your time. The reality is, if you don't have healthy food at home, you're probably not going to eat as healthy as you'd like. So you have to keep it simple and somewhat safe, varying new foods with old family favorites, but most importantly, good healthy food has to be at home and convenient. So trying to prep and shop as much as you can in advance And when we talk about prep, I hear so often, oh, it took me seven to eight hours on the weekend. It was so time consuming. This is not necessarily what we want to hear because it's not sustainable. So I thought Kristen had a good tip in the show where she mentioned just taking one to two hours on the weekend and utilizing only that time for meal prep. So whatever doesn't get done, you just do later on in the week. But whatever does, it's just going to help catapult you into a healthier life and ease the burden throughout the rest of the week. So spend one to two hours max on the weekend, a lot, a set amount of time for you to do the planning and the prepping and have it all done so you're ready to go. And most importantly, enjoy the food you do eat. Kristen and her husband really found a means for eating healthy, but also enjoying it at the same time. And I think we all can get there. We all can do this. Just getting out of the bland, boring food and knowing and embracing that real food can taste really good. So it's learning, it's small change, and it's deciding you want to make this and you're willing to change your environment to make it happen. I hope that this lesson was just as transformational for you as it was for me. A lot of good things are in this lesson. And don't forget, you can get all of the information in the show notes on the website at simplerootswellness.com slash episode five. As always, don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep the discussion moving on your thoughts on today's episode and encouraging one another to strive for endurance and not just a quick fix. If you want more accountability, a weekly meal plan that is family-friendly, delicious, and of course healthy, as well as motivation, encouragement, and additional tips to provide you more clarity and excitement in this health journey, don't forget to log on to simplerootswellness.com and sign up for my weekly meal plans, which are delivered to your inbox every Thursday. And finally, you would make my day if you would take a minute out of yours to rate and review the show. This will help make the podcast visible and findable by new people sharing in the knowledge, helping them to cut out the noise and achieve simplicity. This one simple step could be just the encouragement someone else needs to find lasting change to a more fulfilling life. To rate and review the podcast, just visit simplerootswellness.com slash iTunes or simplerootswellness.com slash Stitcher. And before you go, I just want to remind you that each week as we continue to walk along this journey, know that every small change adds up. It's making a difference. Don't get discouraged in the everyday, but cling to your why, the very reason you want this. Let it bring up all the emotion you feel because emotion drives action and action creates change. One thing every day makes all the difference. So today, commit to making one small change and I'll see you next week.